Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Masterclass. My name is Cam, and I am joined across the internet instead of a table for the first time in the history of the show by the one and only David Hogue. What's up, man? Hey, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm totally geeking out over this whole process. So this is, this is new for me. I've never done anything like this before. Well, what's interesting is, so I, I have recorded over the internet where we are not in the same room many, many, many times, but I've never actually done it with video Skype on. So like we can still see each other, Yeah, which is, so this is a new experience for me in that regard. But yes, uh, this is a, our first test run of recording, uh, not together, which in the hundred and now 22 episode run of the show, this is the first time we've ever done this. And you throw in the episodes of it's a trap and dad college. And we're looking at like 150 episodes where we've been in the same room within, within slapping distance of each <laughs> other. <laughs> but anyways, enough about that. How are you? Are you doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing well. Doing all right. So summer's over. Kids are back in school, kind of getting back into the groove of things again. So, yeah. Yes, my my summer is, well, it is coming to an end for all of us, not just mine. Summer comes to an end for everybody at the same time. (laughs) I'm not that special. But yes, Uh, I went and visited Meredith and Kennedy last weekend. So they've they've been in Illinois for three weeks now, almost. And I went up over Labor Day weekend and it's no fun being here now. I'm like, no. totally. I have, I have senioritis at work so hard right now. Like I told, I told my boss, I was like, look, I can already tell that I'm super not wanting to be here. So if you see me being mopey or unmotivated, just feel free to smack me straight in the face. Tell me to <laughs> pick it up. Cause like we have a couple new hires and so I need to set a good example and, you know, show them the ropes and all that stuff. But like I have to open the store tomorrow at five thirty in the morning, oh and my. I am dreading it. But what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. Anyways, how many days do you have left? Uh, let's see. Uh, nine. Oh. Nine days. I'm actually driving up on my birthday, so that'll be a nice present. There you go. Dinner with my wife and child. So we'll see. But yeah. Anyways, that's my life update. <laughs> moving moving to bears and blackhawks territory it's this is it's, true uh, i'm gonna go suffer for jesus that's what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> uh, right in time for football season two gross all right anyways um yeah i don't know if i have any other podcast related business before we dive into the the good stuff the, the scriptures as they say mm-hmm Oh, you know, what? I do have a piece of business. I'm going to, I'm going to spring something on you here, Dave. Uh, I changed the, uh, or I simplified our Patreon tiers last night. Okay. I went from five support tiers on Patreon down to just three. And so it's, uh, $1, $5 and $10 are your options now. Um, I took away the really expensive ones cause no one needs to be choosing those options. That's just silly. No one has, and I don't blame them. So if, uh, if you're into, um, the whole Patreon thing and want to, uh, support this show, um, in that way, uh, or really any of our podcasts, it's not masterclass related. It's just a 
uh, blanket Patreon for Super Mega Corp. So this show, Sports Ball, Dad College, uh, Mendoza Line when it comes back, the JD 1%, all of our shows, um, you can support. Um, well, one, by listening, which you already do, which is super awesome. And then two, if you want to check out the Patreon page to see what those three tiers are and the rewards you get for them, you can just click on the Patreon link in the show notes and uh, see what those are. And um, I want to I want to update the Patreon a bit and make it a little more fun. And uh, so if you have if you have interesting ideas for what you want to see there as support, uh, sorry, as rewards for the different support levels, I'm all ears, man. So that goes for you, Dave, and also for our listeners. Uh, we want to make it something that uh, brings you value uh, outside of just the shows. So anyways, that's all. Business over. <laughs> um, what are we talking about today? I, I believe we've moved on and we're looking at uh, Romans 12. Or 12. Romans 5. <laughs> Romans 5. I don't know where this stuff comes from sometimes. I'm old. So yeah, Romans, Romans five. All right. Are you going to read it for us? I would be happy to do that. So we'll read verses one uh, through 11. We probably will not. Well, I'm fairly certain we will not discuss all 11 verses tonight, but it will give you the listener some context of uh, where we are at. So beginning with verse one of Romans five. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So good. So, 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 so good. Ah, I guess the best place starts the beginning though, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I really just want to jump in on that reconciliation goodness, but we'll just have to be patient and get there when we get there. Yes, this is true. All right. So we've been justified by faith, which is everything we talked about in the last two episodes, the whole thing with Abraham and, and, and all of that. Uh, so if you need a refresher on, on kind of that discussion, go back and listen to the other episodes. Um, but since we're justified by faith or have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, like, I don't want to overstate this or, you know, like having peace with God is like, that's the whole point of all of this, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is the end goal of everything that God has done in history, right? Is so that we could have peace with him. 
And I just think Paul does this sometimes where he just like sneaks in like huge, like, you know, like nuclear bombs of truth and just moves on. <laughs> oh, we've been justified with faith. We have peace with the God. Oh, also we've obtained access by faith into this grace. Like, but having peace with God is like, that's huge, right? I would say so. I mean, I feel like it should be, I should have more to say about it, but it's just such a, I mean, maybe that's why Paul doesn't dwell on it too long, but it's like, it's a huge truth, but it's not something that like we have to dissect to understand. Like we've gone, you know, especially if we, as we've been reading through Romans, like we've seen how this all works. And then we get to the, the Jesus and reconciliation part here at the end of this section, but being at peace with God is kind of like our intended state, right? Like yeah. that's where we should be. That's how things should be. And I don't know. I'm not saying what I want to say here, but hopefully the, the intent is coming through. And what I'm trying to say is like, this is a huge deal. And being put right in our relationship with God is a huge deal. And it's why Jesus had to die. And I don't know. I'm getting a little wordy with this, but it's just thinking about the concept or the truth that we are at peace with God. Like that should, that should like fill us with so much like joy and hope for, you know, what is to come. And I don't know, for whatever reason that just stuck out big to me. Yeah. And I think, just having peace with God is something that um, even as, like you said, there's, there's such a waiting weightiness to it, but I also don't think we totally just comprehend uh, the gift that we actually have in having peace with him. Um, because it it's, we have it. And I think many of us, don't live like that peace is a 24 hour a day, seven day a week, 365 day a year truth for us. Uh, we're constantly um, battling to, to, to feel it, to experience it, to know that it's there. And Paul is very direct that we have peace with God. And, uh, probably need to do a better job of, of living our lives. Like that's a truth for us versus constantly looking for it, wanting it, uh, probably through our own doing nothing that he has done. Right. And I think another piece of that is understanding like, yes, we need to live as if it's true because it is true, but to also understanding how big of a deal it is. Right. Like I think, Perhaps one of the reasons why people don't live as if they have the peace of God is maybe because we don't really fully grasp the uh, the gravity of that situation, right? Um, I think as I have a lot to say about the next few verses about this whole, you know, church business and, and things being hard versus being, you know, cushy and easy and comfortable. But I think that what I see 
what I've seen in my life and what I've seen in the lives of others in my um, context, right? So like white suburbia, we don't often think that like we really need the help or that we're not bad people. Um, and you see like a lot of this in like the prosperity gospel, which we've talked about, you know, multiple times before uh, on the show of like, our depravity is far greater than we'd like to admit. And just because we have nice houses or nice belongings or, you know, nice clothes or our spouses are pretty and our kids are talented or like whatever the case may be. I think it is very crucial to our understanding of God and ourselves and uh, all that that encompasses for us to understand. And, you know, I've said this like, probably 17 to 30 times on like we are sinners. We are not good by nature. Like our sin is worse than we think, but luckily God's grace is, is deeper and greater than we think. And I don't know at this point I'm rambling, (laughs) but the point is I think it is easy for us to look at our lives and go, you know what? I don't need that much help. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that does nothing but undermine our ability to even try to comprehend the ridiculousness of what God has done for us. And by, and I think that's one of Satan's best tricks is if you, if you limit the, uh, the amount of, or the perceived amount of grace needed to, you know, offer me, uh, salvation, right? If it's just like, well, I'm a, I'm a pretty decent person. It's not like I, you know, I've not killed anyone or anything, but if I, if I lessen my understanding of my sin and my depravity and therefore lessen the, uh, the value of Jesus and his salvation of me, then Satan kind of wins there because Mm -hmm we have an untrue understanding of what God actually did and an untrue understanding of what it means to be at peace with him. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like it took me a year and a half to get there, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's something that I struggle with. You know what I mean? I, I know I'm a sinner. I know that there are things that I struggle with that have been struggles and continue to be. And I feel like I've got a really good understanding of what the Bible says just based on my experience and my education. But even I catch myself in, in this sort of, you know, circle of self-justification and not really thinking I'm that bad of a person. And it's just like, dude, get over it, man. Like, yeah, yeah, you are. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh yeah. Easy to justify. I would agree. So yeah, I just, I wanted to spend a few minutes on, on that, that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, which is a huge, massive, enormous deal that we can, that we get that peace with God. Like we've seen, you know, you, you, you read scripture and you see those that have the wrath of God on them, what he's willing to do. Yes. And I, I, you know, I, I'd rather be at peace with him. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, don't, don't poke, don't poke the, uh, the eternal bear. Just, <laughs> yeah, very much so. 
Yeah, I just uh, was reading in Matthew, and uh, I think it's verse 12 where it talks about, uh, you know, he talks about woe to all the different cities because if they had repented and done what, you know, God called them to do, then it wouldn't be nearly as bad for the, it's better for them than it is for you. And, um, you know, talks about Sodom and Gomorrah and Tyre and all these different places that have experienced the wrath of God. And I think that's kind of the other piece of this too, is if, if you have the peace of God, you're not experiencing, uh, the wrath of God. Yeah. I, again, I, I don't want the wrath. No, thanks. No, no thank you. Maybe the wrath of Khan, but definitely not the wrath of God. <laughs> All right. So, uh, verse two, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Again, man, just super packed sentences with lots of just really good stuff in there. Again, because of the faith, because of being at peace with God, we have, we stand in God's grace, which I don't know about you. Is there a better place to be? No, no, not at all. And then we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which that's it. That's kind of a weird way to say it, I think. But like having, having the grace and then also the hope that comes with it and the peace, like I oftentimes find myself struggling with these things, right? It is, uh, I'm a generally optimistic person. I like to think, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you like without a shadow of a doubt, I do not live my day-to-day life like this is true and this is my actual reality. Right. I'm so focused on all the BS, (laughs) you know, money, status, um, work, like all that stuff. And it's like, it's not, and this isn't like a past to just be like not engaged in life at all, but it is a call to like, you know, wake up and realize what is actually going on. You know, if I have a job or if I don't have a job, I'm still covered by the grace of God and I still have hope in his glory. If I make a million dollars a year, that's true. If I make $2 a year, that's true. Like if I have cancer, that's true. If I'm healthy, that's true. Like my circumstances physically, financially do not dictate this truth. And it is really easy for me. And I would imagine a lot of other people to let our circumstances dictate how not only we live, but how we feel uh, about life, our relationships, that sort of stuff. And I don't know. I just, I want more for me and my family to live with this first and all that other stuff way down the line. 
Yes. And I don't have a magic formula to make that happen. But I don't know. I'm just being away from them and realizing just a lot of my own glitches and, and issues and, um, like being away from them to make $11 at a coffee shop (laughs) for a month, like kind of puts into perspective what, how I feel about a lot of things. And like, I love the people I work with. It's a great coffee shop. It's run by lovely human beings. They employ wonderful people. Like I enjoy that. But the fact that I have to be away from my family for a month so we can pay the bills like it's really stupid to me. And I don't know, reading, reading a passage like this is like trying it's in the moment is trying to help me have a little bit better perspective on, on the whole situation. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still processing it, which would be why I probably don't make any sense right now, (laughs) but I, my desire is to have this sort of focus on my life. I am at peace with God. I am covered in his grace. I have the hope that only he can provide. And so I just need to, I need to spend more time focusing on that, reminding myself of that. And that, I mean, that comes through prayer and it comes through being in the word and it comes through conversations like this with friends, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. If that, if I could just hijack the show for a few minutes. <laughs> well, and it, it, my daughter, Olivia posted on one of her social medias today, a, a Francis Chan, uh, sermon, and it's fairly common illustration that's been around forever. And he, he uses a rope and essentially, you know, the rope is a timeline representing our existence and essentially we're eternal beings. And because we're eternal beings, whether we go to heaven or hell, uh, our existence is literally millions of years. And what do we have 70 to a hundred and some years here on this earth. And we get so consumed by which if you had an eternal timeline in both directions is basically a pencil mark on that timeline. And we get so consumed uh, by that just brief time. And there's even, I, you know, I, th- I think it's fair to say that our, that, that little line though, has our impact on it et- has an impact on eternity. And we get so consumed by, like you said, our job, our material things that we really, well, I know I lose perspective on what's really important and probably what I should be spending my time on. And I, and I don't. Yeah. That's it's it's hard to comprehend that though. Oh you yeah. Know, our oh, yeah. our relationship with time is so weird. Like I don't know you know how much you think about this but like 8 hours can fly by or it can feel like 2 days based on or depending upon what you're doing, right? And you're in your enjoyment yeah. level and so like Kennedy turns two in two months and that's crazy to me because 
there's no way she's about to be two. But then I look back at pictures from when she's younger and I'm like, I don't even remember that. And oh, so no. like, <laughs> our, our, our interaction with time is so weird. Yeah. And our, our, our perception of how time passes and our ability to recall things. And so you throw into that, like the concept of eternity. I don't even know how to, <laughs> I don't even know how to like place that. Like, where does that go? How do That's I, how do I even begin to think in those terms when I struggle with, you know, scheduling out a day, you know, and showing mm-hmm. up on time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so shifting perspective from something as detailed as a daily or weekly schedule to something beyond what my brain can fathom. Like that's kind of a shift and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's pretty tricky. Definitely true. All right. So not only that, Oh wait, there's more for seven easy payments of $1,000. You too can have salvation, Dave. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, that's not in here. Sorry, that's only on television. Uh, All right, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. All right, so this to me, this is like, I have a lot to say about this. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Do you uh, rejoice in your sufferings, Dave? Because I sure don't. I think they suck. I do not. In fact, I do a lot of complaining about anything that is even the most minor of an inconvenience. Yeah. yeah. Suffering is a bit of a strong word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know that it is suffering. And, and yet I seem to complain a lot. So here's, okay, I'm just going to say my piece and then we can, you know, move on or, uh, you know, continue to, to, to talk about it depending on how we feel. I think there is a lot of avoidance of hard things in our lives, which makes sense because, oh, yeah. you know they're no fun. So why would we go seeking, you know, "Eh, I've had enough suffering today. Let's go, you know, I'm going to go find some, but I just wonder how much, uh, how much damage that's doing to us when our primary mode is seeking comfort and avoiding anything that could even maybe possibly lead to suffering and at best is probably going to be inconvenient to your point. And I'm thinking of the process of like discipleship and spiritual formation and growing up from, you know, being a child to being an adult and taking on the responsibilities of being an adult and, you know, having a family. And then you add to that the process of becoming more Christ-like and, None of that is about being comfortable. None of that is about avoiding uh, conflict or avoiding hard things. And so like uh, there's the, you know, um, 
iron sharpens iron thing, right? Right. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no, not at all. Like there's a whole lot of friction going on there, right? <laughs> yes. And I just, I just wonder if our culture of convenience is doing a lot more damage to our development, both as people and as Christians than perhaps maybe we would like to admit. I think, I think that is definitely true. And I would have to say that for me personally, this is quite convicting. Um, I, you know, I, my, my job, my career has not been a whole lot of fun over the last couple of years. And my, response to that was to be, well, it's difficult. It's hard. I'm, I, I have to go do something else because it's difficult because it's hard because I don't like it. And, and I'm not talking about being, you know, uh, I'm not in a middle Eastern country being persecuted for being a Christian where my life is on the line. Again, I would, I would put it closer to being inconvenienced. And at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to completely downplay it because it has been stressful. It's been difficult. I've seen the effects on myself. I've seen it on others. And I, you know, I I have not done a very good job of saying, uh, God, this is where you have me. Uh, even though it is difficult, how can I be salt? How can I be light? How can I minister, uh, to those around me? Um, and even in that, it's it's not even like, I don't know that I'm capable of doing anything. It's just even saying, God, here I am, use me. Uh, and I've I've certainly, when t- most often than not, when times get tough at work, my answer is to go, how can I get away from here and how quickly can I get away from here? And then even when I decide, well, this is where I'm supposed to be, there's definitely a well, I'm just going to ride it out until I can go and get my retirement and and that sort of thing. And, um, uh, as I'm speaking, it's, it's very convicting that I'm not like, it's almost like I'm surprised by the fact that it's difficult. You know, it's like, well, the Bible clearly tells me this, you know, and, and, and I would say to some degree there, there has to be a paradigm shift where, you know, I think if I'm in, a third world country or the Middle East. Well, of course I'm going to be persecuted. Of course I'm here to spread the gospel. But yet I think for some reason I can't do that in my workplace in the middle of America uh, where I get paid really well and actually have good insurance and that sort of a thing. The reality is, is that can be my mission field. And when it gets difficult, I really need to say, okay, God, I, I, I submit to you. I um, want you to work in me and I want to be available to you and what you have. And I'm preaching to myself right now because this has not been my response. So, yeah. So I'm reminded of our last episode of dad college where we're talking about bullying and that sort of stuff. And we talk about raising kids that you you spoke about raising kids that have grit and have resilience. And I think of that, when I read this passage, right? Yep. Like hard times, hard things can refine you as a person, right? And, you know, I think of like soldiers going through boot camp before they, you know, get to where where, uh, they're needed or 
you know, I think of what I'm going to go through when I go to seminary. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be a lot of refining and there's going to be a lot of um, not suffering, but a lot of hard work to get through in order to achieve the goal. And it just, it is interesting to me that we all know that going through the hard stuff is better for us in the long run and how frequently all of us just like Jonah run in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like to your point with work and, you know, like there is, if that doesn't tell us about our brokenness, like when we know that going through the hard stuff is going to be better for us long-term because it's going to produce as to say, it just says endurance and character and hope. We'd rather rather sit on the couch and eat potato chips and watch YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? So it's, I mean, if that's not indicative of our selfishness and brokenness, like I don't know what else is. Yeah. I would, I absolutely totally agree. All right, so there's this progression that that I mentioned there. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about that progression if we can. Yeah. Suffering produces endurance. That part makes sense to me. Yeah, so that's exactly what I was going to say. So, so yeah, so far... (laughs) I get that. Okay. Suffering produces endurance. That, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And then endurance produces character. Sure. I get that part too. Yep. Not a leap. And then character produces hope. I don't know if I understand that last part. And I would, that is so funny because that is exactly what my thought process was on this. Exactly the same of, I get that. And then I part part of me is like, okay, character produces hope. What is the connection there? And to a certain extent, do I have the proper understanding or definition of hope? Um, so I don't know if that's maybe something we want to try to tackle or. Well, so I have a, I have a thought, uh, uh-huh. about it, but I don't, I don't know how, yeah, I'll just share it and then we'll, we can go from there. So I think, the process of going through the suffering, which builds the endurance of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to get through this. I know that I can get through it. That endurance then produces character of like, you know what? I've been through it. I can get through it. It's not fun, but I've been refined. Like I've been sharpened. I, I have a better understanding of, of what suffering is, of how to, of how I can handle it, um, of the ways that I can get through it. And then I think, so that character, that, that new understanding of who you are as a person and and what is important and what strengths you have and what weaknesses you have, I think then can produce hope because you've been through it already. Mm -hmm. You got, you got through it. And so you have the hope that the next time this happens or something like this happens, you have the hope of going, yeah, I can get through that too. And so that's, that's like my only thought on it is like, because I've gotten through something similar in the past, you know, with the help of friends and, you know, relying on God and, 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 and that I have hope that when suffering comes again, 
I can push through, I can endure, I can build my character and I can come out the other side of it, you know, again, with the help of family, friends and God to, you know, keep my head above water in the Mm -hmm. moment. So I think perhaps that's the hope he's talking about. Um, But yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, because so for me, character is this there, there's a morality to it or moral qualities to a person. I, I think that's what of what, what character is, is, um, I don't know, just integrity go with that too, that there's consistency, mm-hmm. there's consistency between what you say and how you think and what you actually do. Right. There's, mm-hmm. and I, so so then hope, right, is a, uh, I believe that things are going, and I don't even know why I choose this word, but to me, implicit in hope is that I believe things will be better. And I don't know if maybe that's where my, my hang up is, is I, I equate hope with things improving. And I think, I mean, yeah, I think that's a totally legitimate like definition for hope, but I also, it, it also just might be not necessarily, I guess that is the same thing as things being better though. I was just thinking the bad stuff stops <laughs> that in that inherently means, you know, things are better. Yeah. Um, but I also think that hope there's, there's a, there's a part of hope that is a, um, like a belief in yourself that you have what it takes or a belief in somebody else that they have what it takes to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. to get you or us through whatever's going on. So yeah, like there is the, there, there's totally that, that connotation of like, yeah, uh, better times ahead for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I also think it, there has to be hope is like a, uh, it, it is ba- It has to be based on, um, it has to be based on something that's already happened. Otherwise it's lunacy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't, I, I can't hope that a million dollars is going to just show up in my bank account for no reason without sounding like a lunatic. Yeah. But that's certainly I can hope that the money that I've earned is going to show up in my bank account. Yes. Because it's built on, it's based on something that like has happened in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, that might not have been the best analogy, but <laughs> well, no, I think I, I think it's, yeah, no, that made sense to me. So, yeah, so it is, it is kind of a weird, a weird progression, but like, I think it does make sense. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And then hope does not put us to shame, which I don't know why it would. Um, No. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that is, I think that's a very interesting way to kind of end that progression. So like, we get through the suffering. We, we earn the endurance Our we, 
earn the development of character. We, we get the hope and then the hope allows us to see the amount of love God has for us through the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. which is, I think again, is totally, uh, in relationship to the peace we have with God is being able to understand his, not even understand, be able to even grasp the concept that the God of the universe loves us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And so I think that it is really interesting that God allows us to go through tough times, allows us to suffer, allows us to um, be kind of put through the grinder so that we can understand and appreciate endurance and character development and be able to have hope for legitimate reasons. And I think all of that, all of that prepares us better to understand his love. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much talk, you know, in, in modern American Christianity about God is love and everything is love and blah, 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 blah. And there's not enough discussion about this sort of stuff about going through the ringer about, and uh, I'm, I don't want to church bash, but (laughs) there is something to be said for having an honest and open discussion about life being hard and going through the hard stuff and being there for each other when we are going through the hard stuff so that we can appreciate the sort of development as a person that God is looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the people that God worked through in the Bible, they go through a lot of really hard crap. Every single one of them. He sent his son to get crucified for crying out loud. Like, it's not like Jesus had a cakewalk while he was here. Yeah. Dude had it pretty rough. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was living in a penthouse on the Upper East Side. He was in Jerusalem (laughs) 2,000 years ago. No air conditioning, no refrigeration, no electricity, nothing. Dude was sweating it out in the desert. Like, (laughs) now granted, Israel's actually a pretty beautiful part of the world. But my point is like no convenience. Everything was hard. Yep. Travel was hard. Cooking was hard. Like just harvesting the land, like everything about existence back then was not fun. Yeah. Like you, you could have fun, but like if you wanted to eat, you had to go slaughter an animal. I don't want to slaughter an animal. I just want a cheeseburger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I guess all of that to say like, I wish there was more discussion on Sundays during the sermons or during small groups or like, however it is that this gets delivered. Like there has to be more honest discussion and acceptance of this truth. Things are going to get hard and as a Christian, as someone who follows Jesus, you need to lean into that and persevere through it, knowing one, God's got your back. And two, it's going to be better for you in the long run. And, you know, I'm trying to think how I can 
better that in my life, but then also how do I help my, my daughter as she grows up, you know? Cause like my whole goal now is like to make her the best adult she can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that is, is, is helping her understand, you know, the, the truth of life and God and, and the Bible and all that. But I don't know, man, I need to not be away from my family for this long ever again, because my brain goes <laughs> to weird places. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Did that, did that make sense? I feel like it might not have. <laughs> no, you're good. I, you know, and one of the thoughts I, I, I did have is, is clearly there are people who don't do this. There are mm-hmm. people that, that do, uh, abandon their faith or put their faith on the back burner, or, you know, that's for God to, I guess, to ultimately decide where they're at. But, um, you know, as I'm, as I'm approaching 50 years old, it, it, I've known people that I thought were just absolutely on fire for God and people that I wanted to be like and emulate. And now I look at them and it's like, wow, you're not even remotely close to where, you know, I, I suppose in some ways that's putting earthly values on somebody, but there's certainly this element of, it seemed like your walk would be in a different place than it is now. And it really seems like you have allowed the things of this world to defeat you. Uh, whether that be, you know, you're divorced uh, you've chosen to not attend church anymore. Um, the pursuit of material things has, has has risen to the forefront and you're not doing the things that you used to do in terms of being involved with church and giving. But, um, and I think I've said this before, I, I, you know, I've heard older Christian men talk about finishing well in their Christian journey. And to me, that was always about like a major moral failure. You know, they cheat on their wives or they, you know, they commit a major crime or it's, you know, it was always this like huge sin, like, Oh, you're such a bad person. And it really is more about the day in and the day out of, uh, endurance and our career character being created. And just, I, I think even just a sense of surrender of going, I can't do this. This isn't about me. This in my own ability, I am going to fail. I'm going to have a major, major moral failure. I'm going to give up because it's just too tough. And so, yeah, I, I think um, for me in talking about endurance and suffering and things like that, there's kind of this implicit idea of I have to surrender. Um, I have to realize I cannot do this on my own and I'm completely dependent on him. Yeah. And I mean, you look at just the recent sort of history of, of the moral failures of kind of really in the spotlight pastors, um, not the least of which being Bill Hybels in, in recent times. Um, like you just, you're absolutely right. Like there has to be that dependence and there has to be the willingness to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm not going to get it done by myself. And 
And then when you're on the other side, it's not about patting yourself on the back and going, boy, look what I did. I persevered. I endured. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of going, uh, no, I was a big wuss in the middle of that. And mm-hmm. thankfully well, it's God also, showed up. yeah, it's like the realization, like you said, like, I'm going to have to surrender. It's, it's the realization that the only way through is to rely on God and to realize God has given me skills and talents and experience and that those are all good things. But the only way that I can end well is to completely rely on his goodness and his grace to get like, to to get you through. And like, that sounds so trite. And I don't even, I mean, I don't know what that looks like because I'm, I'm 31. Like, God willing, ending well is not anywhere in my near future. <laughs> I sure, you know, like I would like to see my kid grow up and I'd like to have more kids and I'd like to have grand, like I want the full experience of life, you know, and that comes with the bad crap, you know, yeah. and, and being in diapers and all that stuff when I'm older, like I, I want, I want the full experience and, you know, we'll see what happens. But like at this point in my life, I, I understand I think that being the key word, I think. I don't even know what I want to say here. I just, I am, I am looking forward to like the next 30 years. I guess a 31 year old, I'm looking forward to the next 30 years and, and the trials and the good stuff for sure. But knowing that, what has happened to this point does not have uh, a final say on what will happen that God can, God can mold me and use me in different and new ways that, that what has hindered me in the past could not hinder me in the future. Uh, Like there's just, it's, there's just a lot of hope for me right now that, that God is grooming my character and is preparing me and I'm learning endurance and I'm going to learn it over and over and over and over and over and over again in the future. Um, but I don't know, like this, this whole conversation has just like pumped me up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but I'm just, I am excited and I'm eager to see what God has in store um, specifically for me, but also for my family of just what's like, how, how is this move going to impact me and my family? And, and what does God have planned for the future? Like there's like, I'm literally standing on the edge of just an unknown, a lake, a lake <laughs> oh, yeah. of unknown as it were. And I'm not scared about it. Good. Which I can only give up to. I'm just hopeful. And, good. and that's because I know God is good. good. Um, God, I really made that about me. Didn't I? That's, <laughs> that wasn't my point, but, um, anyways, that's where I'm at. I just, there's, there's a lot more we could talk about, I think here, but I just think it's really, really important for us to try and understand 
that even in the bad times, God has a plan for bringing us closer to him. And that's through the suffering and through the, and just pushing through and realizing God has got our backs in more ways than, than I can think of. Right. But it doesn't mean that the suffering is going to stop. And if anyone tells you, Oh, become a Christian and your life's going to get easier. <sighs> no, it's not right. <laughs> yeah. The difference is life is hard regardless of what, you believe or where you're at with the truth. The difference we have as Christians is the hope. It's the hope that God gives us in the midst of that tough stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. And just, I just want to go back to some of the things I said earlier real quick and just saying that there is that possibility that you may fail. You may have that moral failure. You may not do the right thing. And I, I felt like the way I was talking earlier, it was kind of about this, um, you know, we may persevere, we may suffer, but we always persevere and we always do the right thing. And, um, that's probably not going to be the case. You will, we will have failures and God is much bigger than those times where we do just absolutely fall on our face. And, um, you know, it talks about in, uh, think it's in Proverbs that a righteous man gets up again. You know, it's not that we fall, it's that we're willing to get up again and we're willing to reach out to God and say, you know, help me. So that's well, all I wanted to say was I didn't want to totally imply that you would never ever, or that we would never ever mess up and have a failure. Well, I mean, that's what Bruce Wayne's dad told him. So it has to be true. <laughs> Why do we fall Bruce to learn how to get yes. back up again? <laughs> and look at him. Yeah. What he became. I'm Batman. Anyways, <laughs> I think that means we have to stop recording now. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Yes. Sure to appreciate it. Um, go to the show notes to find links to all the good stuff, to find links to Twitter, email, Patreon, probably a Batman gift now that I did a Batman voice on the show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess we'll be back in future episodes. Um, anything else, Dave? No, just appreciate people listening. Indeed. All right. Well, until next time, farewell. Bye. <laughs>